So I have a wonderful brother, and he gave me this essential oil, and it's called Valor. So I'm using it to give me courage to give my sermon today. Several months ago, Michael asked me if I would be willing to share my faith journey. And after thinking about it for a while, I agreed. Since then, I've wondered, what am I doing? I don't have a miraculous or dramatic faith journey to share. I am just an ordinary person living the best life I can. But as it turns out, this sermon fits well within Michael's sermon theme for the summer, constructing a new faith-filled you, because that has been my experience as a member of the Neighborhood Church. Since I began attending Sunday worship services here in November of 2003, I have been building a new faith-filled me. I can't possibly share my entire faith journey in 20 minutes. So as the title of this sermon, Living Love Through Faith, states, the theme is love. I truly believe that nothing is more important than love. Love of God, love of self, love of family, love of friends, love of neighbors, love of persons in need, love of strangers, and yes, even love of enemies. My belief and choice to live in love is based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Christ showed us how to live, which I interpret as a life of love. I began my faith journey as the oldest child of two young Irish Catholic parents who suffered from the disease of alcoholism. I had three siblings, and I fancied myself the boss of them, and sometimes the boss of my wacky parents. Despite arguments and craziness in my childhood home, I felt love. I was baptized in the Catholic Church, and I attended Catholic schools until seventh grade. This past June, when I went to the UCC Southern California Nevada Conference gathering with some of my neighborhood church friends, I attended the workshops on spirituality. During the first workshop, the teacher asked us to think back on when it was that we began to believe in God. I couldn't remember not believing in God. I've always believed in God. I don't have a very good memory of the details of my childhood, but I remember when I was in second grade, my teacher was a nun. She was kind and loving, young and somewhat frail. Her name was Sister Mary John Francis. I could almost feel her deep faith in God. One day, a classmate asked her, what is heaven like? She responded, heaven is like being in love all the time. I don't know why her response had such a significant impact on me and has stayed with me all these years. I do know that it was a message of love. As a young seven-year-old, I didn't know what it meant to be 
in love, yet I can see how positive it was that I equated heaven with love and faith with love. The summer before I began seventh grade in 1966, we moved to Palos Verdes to the Portuguese Bend Beach Club, and I began public school for the first time. I went to CCD at St. John Fisher and was confirmed there. I continued to attend Mass while I was a teenager at home, though by this time my mom was a lapsed Catholic and only my dad took us to Mass. I usually thought Mass was, in, was boring and it was something to endure. While I believed in God, I didn't really have a relationship with God, and I was perplexed and skeptical of the concept of the Holy Trinity. I also didn't know if I really believed in Jesus Christ. He and the Holy Trinity didn't make sense to me. The stories didn't add up. But I went to Mass because that is what I was supposed to do. When I left home to go to college, I sporadically attended Mass at the Newman Center. I met my wonderful husband, Frank, while we were both attending law school. Frank was Catholic also, and we would occasionally attend Mass together. In 1979, Frank and I got married at Holy Trinity Church in San Pedro. The same year, we graduated from law school passed the bar, and started our legal careers. We would attend Mass, but not every Sunday. We had our son, Vincent, six years after we were married, and our daughter, Mari, four years after that. Both Vincent and Mari were baptized at the American Martyrs Church in Manhattan Beach. We attended Mass fairly often, especially once Vincent became a toddler. We brought him to Sunday school, and I taught Sunday school. In 1993, when Vincent was seven and Mari was four, we moved to Palos Verdes Estates, where we live now. That's when I went back to work full-time after taking a couple of breaks and working only part-time. Once we moved to Palos Verdes, we attended either St. Lawrence Martyrs Church or St. John Fisher Church. But over time, I got busy with my career and trying to juggle the demands of practicing law, managing a law firm, and being a mom, I was so tired I thought I didn't have time to attend church. I had also been a member of the 12-step program Al-Anon, given my parents and other family members alcoholism. Al-Anon gave me a spiritual focus that I really didn't get from church. But I stopped attending church and Al-Anon meetings. No church, no Al-Anon, no faith practices, and two teenagers made for a despairing time for me. I was spiritually bereft. I allowed my ego to take over without the balance of a spiritual side. I rarely prayed. I relied on my will, not God's will, and I thought I knew how life should be lived, including my husband's and my children's lives. To make it even worse for me, or so I thought, my husband and my children are not followers. They are leaders, and they have their own strong wills. 
I felt broken. I was in such despair that I thought I had lived my life wrong. I chose the wrong profession, I never should have gotten married, and I certainly never should have had children. That's how bad my spirit got. I was desperate. Meanwhile, I was working too many hours, waking up every morning between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., and managing a law firm that at the time had offices in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Fresno. Fortunately, God was with me because I had enough presence of mind to know that I needed to seek help and rebuild my spiritual focus. The first thing I did was start attending Sunday worship services at this church. I was immediately hooked. From 2003 to now, the only times I have ever missed Sunday worship service is when I am out of town, I have a service commitment of some sort, or I have a family commitment, which is rare since my extended family knows that I go to church. I've heard people say that they go to church depending on who is preaching. I've never cared who is preaching, because I believe that each and every Sunday, God speaks through our ministers, our music, our choir, our hymns, our prayers, and our scripture, no matter who is preaching. I learn at least one positive new thought or action about my faith relationship with God and how to live a life of love every time I come to church. When I first attended worship service at our church back in late 2003, I felt alone and sad. The reason I chose today's scripture passage from Romans is because I heard it read during one Sunday service, and it gave me hope. We also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Listening to that passage was a transforming experience for me. As I recall, I cried silently, realizing in my soul that the difficult time I was experiencing was not wasted time, and more important, knowing that God's love was in my heart. Here, here, I learned that God loved me and that there was more to my spiritual life than believing in God. I learned the difference between belief and faith. Faith means that I have a relationship with God. It comes from the heart, whereas belief is something I think in my head and say. Somehow, through my neighborhood church faith journey, I began to believe and have faith in Jesus Christ in addition to my faith in God. I don't know how that happened, but it did. I began attending adult education classes here. I started hearing 
and living by the messages of love. I focused on my behavior and bringing love to our home. I acted with love rather than preaching about love. Part of the passage that Deborah read from 1 John states, Let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be atoning sacrifice for our sins. This scripture taught me and described for me God's love and why to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. With two teenagers and other extended family issues, things didn't really get better. In fact, they got worse. But I felt better because I began practicing my faith through love actions and daily prayer. And as I gained confidence and relief in my faith life, I was able to deal with difficult situations with grace and love. I have a favorite quote from St. Francis de Sales, a 16th century saint who is known for teaching the divine way of love. He wrote, You learn to speak by speaking, to study by studying, to run by running, to work by working, and just so you learn to love God and people by loving. Begin as a mere apprentice, and the very power of love will lead you on to become a master of the art. And how do I practice love? I start by acting with courtesy, even, and most importantly, at home. By saying please and thank you, and I appreciate you, and I love you rather than complaining and criticizing. On Mother's Day in 2005, my dearly beloved late mom gave me and my two sisters a book that one of her former nun teachers from the Dominican convent in Marin County had written. It's called A Book of Courtesy, The Art of Living with Yourself and Others. The more I practice love, the more I love, and the more I practice faith, the more faith I have. The reading from 1 John ends with, Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. I have never hated any of my family members. In fact, I try to keep hate as a verb out of my vocabulary. And the reference to brothers and sisters is both literal and encompasses all people. There were some very difficult issues, though, and times with my youngest sister. One night, I dreamt 
She was sitting in a van in our driveway with her oldest son, who was just a kid at the time. While I don't remember a lot of the details of the dream, I remember watching myself say to my sister, all that matters is love. I often don't remember my dreams, but the message from this dream has stayed with me for many years. All that matters is love. God's first and second commandments also teach us to be persons of service. As I have heard Michael say for over a decade now when he gives a benediction, may the grace of God be with you and each and every one of you. May the light and love of Jesus Christ shine all around you. May the Holy Spirit keep you safe in all your departures and returns. And may each one of you Listen for and heed the call to God's service. I have been inspired by the Bible readings, the sermons, the prayers, and my fellow church members to become a person of service to our church and its community. I feel called to service as a way to live love in faith. Many of you have been role models to me. I am humbled by how much work many of our church members do for our church and our wider community. I have heard Michael's words heed me to the call to God's service. Paul in the book of Galatians states, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up, In a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And as James says, faith without works is nothing. I believe that good works and service are one of the highest forms of love. By practicing faith and living a life of love, which I learned by coming to the neighborhood church and returning to Al-Anon, I feel as though I have been transformed. God transformed me into a person of love and faith. While this may sound trite, I am one of the luckiest persons alive. And that's because I have the love of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, my husband, both of my children, my children's life partners, all three of my siblings, all of my nieces and nephews, my church family, my Al-Anon family, and my work colleagues. I could go on and on. It doesn't get any better than that. I like to tell the people I love that I love them. Just a few months ago, I was sitting here in church attending a Sunday service, and it occurred to me that I didn't tell God that I love him. So I said, I love you, God. Now I try to remember to tell God I love him. I want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you. Thank you for being a member, friend, or visitor to the Neighborhood Church.